Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Hallelujah. Father, here in the love of Christ, we stand this morning. In Christ alone, our hope is found. And Jesus, this morning, in the midst of all that's going on around us, we pray that as we open your word, your scriptures, Lord, that you would reveal to us your heart. And Holy Spirit, we say you are welcome in this place. Move among us, we pray, revealing to us all as we open to you the love of Christ that we might be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning to you all. Please take a seat. Uh, Good to be together. Of course, it's a different morning this morning. Sue mentioned earlier that um, we we had a positive case in the Love WA uh, meeting earlier on in the week on Tuesday. So there's a gap there, which has really meant that quite a number of our CM team and others in the church have needed to test and to isolate. So if you're looking around this morning wondering, where is everybody? Well, there's quite a number that are needing to isolate just at the moment. Uh, But the love of God is here. We're here and the Lord is with us. And so let's look to him and listen to him and what he might say to us today. But welcome. Yes? Yes. Welcome. Good to be here? Yes. yes, it is good to be here. Praise God. Well, we're beginning a new series this morning, which we have entitled Being Like Christ, Being Like Jesus. And uh, that's going to lead us all the way up to Easter. And what a wonderful subject for us to focus on to lead us right up to Easter. Each week we'll be focusing on one word, so there'll be one word focus. And this week the word is filled, uh, which, is a, uh, which is a lovely topic. And of course, this may well be my last sermon as uh, a pastor on staff here, which uh, is an interesting way to do it, isn't it, in the midst of the congregation. But I must say that um, this topic that we're talking about, there's many of you out here today, there's many of you here today and online, and you're all welcome online, that have really showed me over the last decade, what it is to live a life like Christ. And I'm really thankful to you all for that. It's been a great blessing. Well, Theresa Morgan, uh, many of you might not not know her, uh, but she's Professor of Greco-Roman History at the University of Oxford. When asked what she regards as Christianity's most distinctive contribution to the ancient world, She replied, love, love. And she said this, saying, Christians know and are taught that God loves them absolutely and that on that basis they can trust in God. They can love God. And because they are given such an abundance of love, they can afford to love one another with enormous, unreserved generosity. I love that. 
And uh, Christianity, of course, founded by Jesus, introduced a completely different model of human relationality. Apart from Judaism, that hadn't been known in the world up till that point. And of course, as we know, has changed the world ever since. And towards the end of 2021, uh, when seeking the Lord for vision and direction for 2022, and you know the document that we put together each year, I was hearing in various ways over a number of months about us discovering and experiencing more of the magnificence and magnitude of the love of Christ, of the love of God, in all our varying circumstances, whether we're in a valley or whether we're on a mountaintop. The Lord's heart is that we know and experience more of the love of God in our lives and that this love naturally flows all the more through our lives and towards others. The Lord's also been impressing on my heart our unqualified dependence on Jesus moving by the power of the Holy Spirit for our lives to flourish and for there to be any genuine increase in love among us. Not our hard work, not our gifting, you know, not our keen desire for spiritual formation or the quality of our church programs or events. None of that, as important as these things are. And of course, we've seen with COVID how many of these things can be closed down so quickly. But you know, you can never close down the relentless love of God. No one can. No person and no institution can ever close down the relentless love of God. And it's as we know Jesus more that we know more of the richness of his unfathomable love. And of course, the secret for us is to be open to Jesus in order to be empowered by the Spirit to experience and discover more of the astonishing, life-changing and life-motivating love of God in all its far-reaching dimensions. Endless. This endless and extravagant love, which is beyond words, which is beyond measurement, but, but we can know it in increasing measure. And that's God's heart for us. And I know that there's already a lot of love among us, countless uh, ways in which love is flowing among us. You know, the Christmas offering, for example, how amazing was that? 70, over $70,000 given there for those in need. And of course, the heart behind the establishment of the Mercy Reach Foundation. What a beautiful thing and what a beautiful vehicle the Mercy Reach Foundation is going to, going to be moving forward. But I believe that as we set out into 2022, the Lord's heart is that we go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That we might discover more of the love of God and that there might be an increase in love which changes our lives 
and which changes the quality of all our relationships, every one of them, as we know the love of God more. See, his love is as limitless as his power. And it's only divine power that can generate divine love in us or among us. And uh, as we outlined in our 2022 vision and strategic uh, document on that page there and the following pages, uh, I believe the Lord is specifically putting on our heart a prayer for 2022, a prayer to pray over one another and a prayer to pray for our church here. The prayer is the prayer Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. And uh, as I read the prayer now, I just encourage you to let the words wash over you and just allow the Holy Spirit to bring these words freshly, because we all know them, but to bring them freshly alive uh, in us this morning. And the words are coming from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 22. And Paul is praying to our heavenly father. And he said, he's saying this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen? Yes, amen. And what a powerful prayer uh, this is. And a powerful prayer to pray over one another and to pray over the church. I can see this prayer being prayed in various ways, not just these words, but the thrust of these words, the intent of these words, the direction of the, these words, being prayed in home groups, being discussed in home groups, being prayed in our private times, being prayed in our corporate gatherings, that the heart of what Paul is praying here is on our hearts for one another and for the church. And uh, we don't need to use these words, but certainly direction. The message paraphrases the prayer, I think, in a helpful way, like this. I pray, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute force, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test the length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. 
God can do anything you know far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. I love that. Deeply and gently within us. And uh, the, the, the message, uh, the passion, sorry, paraphrases the prayer like this. I thought it would be good to read this one as well. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how endless and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Does that touch your hearts? Such a beautiful prayer, deep and expansive. But the prayer is revealing that our power comes from the Spirit. And that God's heart is that we know and experience experience His love in increasing measure in all our lives. So before I look, or we look at the prayer a little bit more closely, I'd just like to highlight a significant, I think, underpinning verse in Ephesians 5, verse 18, which says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. See, Paul draws this interesting comparison between being filled with alcohol and being filled with with the Holy Spirit. Of course, a person who's drunk is under, the, and under the, is under the influence and power of alcohol, and a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit is under the influence and power of the Spirit of the living God. What a difference. He's trying to make a point to us. See, when a person is under the influence of alcohol, they lose control of themselves. A person who is filled with the Spirit has self-control. They don't lose control. They gain control. And, of course, wine in the Scriptures is often connected with celebration of good things, but there are many passages warning us about the need to be wise and about avoiding excess. And what might be right for one person is not right for another. But alcohol affects the prefrontal lobe, which is the part of the brain which actually develops more slowly in males than females. But that part of the brain um, that uh, enables you to think through multiple consequences of your actions. (laughs) Our 18-month-old grandson, Harrison, 
He's probably out in the MBK at the moment. So cute and he'd never have any intentions of hurting anyone or anything. And so when he picked up his toy truck there, you can see it there, it's a fire truck, and I just thought he'd have a crack at um, scraping those wheels across the paintwork of my new car. <laughs> he wasn't thinking consequences. He was just going to enjoy a moment of fun and just see what happens. You never know. Could be good. So uh, his, free, his prefrontal lobe just needs further development. <laughs> and uh, it's a great point of the need, isn't it, for good parenting. For good <laughs> parenting. <laughs> Perfect timing. There's the good parent leaving now to the child who never does anything wrong. But alcohol depresses us. It depresses the areas of our brain that enables us to think through consequences of our actions. And ultimately, it leads us to losing control of everything that gives us self-control, wisdom, discernment, judgment, balance, and uh, dignity, which is why getting drunk makes you stupid, not wise. So the Holy Spirit does the opposite. Now, this is so important to see. The Spirit is a stimulant. You'll never have a stimulant like this in your life. He stimulates our every faculty, our minds, our intellect, our emotions, our wills, all for our good and for the good of others. The Spirit enables us to live full lives and influences and shapes us to be more like Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so I wonder who or what is the key influencer in your life when you think about that. See, there, there, there may be some even here today who know they turn to alcohol as their faithful friend in so many life situations and circumstances. And you can't imagine what it's like to be without it. But you probably know deep down that you're never going to be the person that God intends you to be unless you break up with alcohol. But there are many other influences in our lives that are not right for us. I mean, there are others here who may know they get drunk on social media and social media influences. And these are the influences that are dominant in their life. Or there might be uh, other people or things that you know are just not helpful, but they're dominant influences in your life. See, what Paul says is don't get drunk on these things. Don't get drunk with wine for it leads to debauchery. And that's a funny word, isn't it? We don't use it much today, but the Greek word here actually means living without restraint, without boundaries, without parameters, recklessly, riotously, rebelliously and destructively. That's the idea of the word. You know, there is no greater secret to fullness of life than being filled with the spirit of the living God. We've been made for it. That's what each and every one of us have been made for, to be filled with the spirit of God. And so Paul 
To be filled with the Spirit of God is the ultimate, ultimate imperative in all of his New Testament letters. That's his ultimate imperative, be filled with the Spirit of God. He's already told the Ephesians that they received the Spirit, were sealed with the Spirit when they first believed. And now that they go on being filled with the Spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, not to ignore the Holy Spirit in their lives, and not to live their lives as if he doesn't exist. I think it's helpful to look at the grammar just briefly here that Paul uses. See, be filled with the Spirit. When he says be filled with the Spirit, it's good to see that the verb is in the imperative, which means Paul is not making a suggestion to us here, but he's giving us an authoritative command to be filled with the Spirit. It's not optional, but it's imperative to living well. The verb's also in the present tense, which is really important to see. See, there are two kinds of imperatives in the Greek. There's the eros tense, which is all about a single action. So you remember when Jesus at the wedding feast in Cana, there was uh, uh, those jars to be filled with water. And when he asked them, the attendants to fill those jars with water, he was speaking in the eros tense. Single action, fill them only once. He was saying. But here Paul is using the present tense. Just he wants to let us know that it's continuous. This is not a once and only thing. So we're to go on being filled. Doesn't matter how young or old we are. We go on being filled with the Spirit. It's not a once and for all experience of conversion. But a continuous ongoing filling and flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why it's often, we often say, one baptism, many fillings. You heard that one before? Peter Christophides loved it. And because uh, it's so true, we're sealed with the Spirit once and for all on conversion. But we're to go on being filled with the Spirit, to go on being influenced by the Spirit every moment of every day. And it's the Spirit who brings all the other good influences, all the other good influences into our lives. Now this, the verb's also in the passive, which I think is just so wonderful. It's in the passive, indicating that the Spirit does not force himself in any way into your life. We respond willingly and we open and we let the Spirit fill us and move in every sphere of our lives, at home, at work, in our leisure, uh, in our decision-making, and all those aspects of our life. But you see, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We all do, from time to time, by closing doors in our lives, areas of our lives that we don't want his presence. We can do this by our actions or words, by saying, in effect, Holy Spirit, you are not welcome in this area of my life, in this setting, in this place that I'm in at the moment. And we ignore the influence and power of the Spirit. Has anyone done that? You all have from time to time, and if you feel that you have grieved the Spirit, you are grieving the Spirit even now in this way. And many of us at times feel like failures when this happens. And a complacency can easily set into your life and a dullness set into your life. See, the Lord is gracious. 
He's gracious. And he's gently saying, and he says to me, he says to you, he says it ongoingly, he's probably saying it to you this morning, to come to him and to be filled afresh with the spirit of the living God. I'm here for you. I'm with you. None of us have arrived. There's much more for it to come, to discover, to enter into in all our lives. But being filled with the Spirit is about a continuous flow of life, a filling and a washing and a refreshing, a refreshing flow of the river of life in and through our lives. See, the Spirit's not stagnant, but living, moving, working, bringing life wherever the Spirit flows. So when Paul says be filled with the Spirit, he's not saying to get the Spirit somehow back into our lives. No, no, he's not saying that. He's not saying that you've lost Jesus' presence in your life. No, no, no. What he's saying is open, open to his presence, to his personal presence in you and allow the Spirit to empower you, to influence and to shape every part of your life. So we all have these blind spots, these closed doors in our lives, which actually block and impede the flow of the Spirit. And Jesus at the right time reveals these blockages to us. And he invites us into newer and newer experiences, personal experiences of the Spirit flowing more fully and freely and powerfully in through our lives. But we respond to him when he puts his finger on those things. So how does this flow of the Spirit work out in practice? Well, think of marriage for those who are married and think of uh, your best friend if you're single. Are you at your best when your wife or your husband or your best friend is present in your life? I can say my wife Sue's influence has been significant in making me a better person, no doubt about that. And I know she loves me. I know I can trust her. And so her presence and influence somehow empowers me to live a better life. And I let her into the secret places of my life and I listen to her. And together we make better decisions. I know that. But sometimes I can be innocently talking to someone and I get a kick under the table. (laughs) What's going on here? Well, shut up is what that's saying. Uh, Too much detail is being uh, poured out of your mouth at the moment. And uh, so, uh, yep, sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. (laughs) But... It's fair to say that Sue has a high degree of influence in my life, but it's because I let her. I let her have a high degree of influence. I make the decision to come under her influence because I know she loves me and I love her and I trust her. That's how it works with the person of the Holy Spirit and Jesus' presence in our lives. If it weren't for the presence of Jesus, I'd just 
carry on making decisions on my own, living my life on my own, and from time to time referring to my wife, who of course is a great help. But see, Jesus loves you like no other human being does or ever could. So to allow Jesus to be the primary influencer in your life is like having the preeminent person in the universe as your best friend. Amazing. And your closest friend who enables you to grow and to mature in life who brings all the other good, right influences into your life. So let's just turn back now to the prayer. And I'll just finish by just briefly touching on the prayer again, that we be strengthened with power through the Spirit, that we be rooted and established in love, that we know Christ's love in increasing measure, that we be filled to all the fullness of God. The first part, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, the person of the spirit imparts divine strength into us, into our spirits, in the deepest part of us, in the life-directing centre of who we are. The Holy Spirit makes the presence of Christ real to us in our spirit, spirit to spirit, deep to deep. There's nothing more powerful in the universe, in heaven or on earth, than the, living, the, the spirit of the living God. There's nothing stronger. And Paul prays that out of the sum total of all his attributes, out of the abundance of his character, we may be strengthened in our hearts. See, the prayer is also for believers. Did you note that? Yet Paul prays that Christ may dwell on your hearts by faith. So hang on a minute, isn't Christ already dwelling in our hearts, every believer? Yes, he is fully present in you. But we discover his riches in, in increasing degrees as we go on living by faith, as we go on trusting him and allowing him to dwell more richly in us in the course of our everyday lives. And that's an important word there because for dwelling, it's not a temporary dwelling. It's not the word used there is not for a temporary dwelling, but for permanent residency in us, taking up permanent residency. The Lord dwells in our hearts, not to be called on from time to time when we need to be cheered up or we need some help on the way because we're passing through a difficult time, but he dwells every moment of every day in our hearts to reign and to rule and to strengthen us and to make himself known to us more and more as he fills every part of our lives. Second part of the prayer, I pray that you be rooted and established in love. You see, the, the ultimately our being strengthened is a strengthening in love to love. We need the power of the Spirit indwelling us to love, to enable us to love each other. Because to love each other across all our differences across all that seeks to separate us. It's only the love of God that can overcome those differences. And Paul uses two metaphors just to really bring this home strongly, that, um, that our love is to increase and to grow in both discovery and outworking. So one's a biological and the other's sort of a structural. Both emphasising increase and growth, not superficiality or stagnation. We are to have deep roots and firm foundations. We're likened 
in the scriptures here to a well-rooted tree and to a well-built house on firm foundations. You see, in both cases, the unseen cause of our stability and our lives and our growth is the same, love. Love is the soil in which our lives are to be firmly rooted and love is the foundation on which our lives are to be built. The third part of the prayer, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. See, we need power to comprehend and also we need to be strengthened in love. See, Paul prays that we may have power to grasp and comprehend the magnitude of the astonishing love of God, love of Christ in all its extravagant dimensions, the reaching out to experience its breadth, to test its length, to rise to its height, to plumb to its depths, and so on, to discover just how life-giving and deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. I know people here, even here today, and those that aren't here that are passing through very difficult times. Challenging. But I know too that they give clear testimony that they have discovered and experienced more of the magnitude of the deep, deep love of Christ in their lives. So whether on a mountaintop or in a valley, we can discover more of the love of God because we need the whole people of God to understand. We need men, women, children. We need the whole variety of humanity for us to comprehend the love of God. Various occupations, cultural and so on, together to really begin to experience more of the love of God. But we'll only ever know in part, won't we, in the day that we live. But we can know in increasing measure. We can discover more of the magnificence and magnitude of the inexhaustible riches of his love. Fourthly, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's my favourite bit. See, the Lord's heart is that we go on being transformed by the Spirit into Christ's image by one degree of glory to the next. You know, we're, become, we're a becoming people. We're on a journey, becoming more like Christ. And in the end, we will be like him, for Christ is himself the fullness of God. So the prayer has an eye on our final state of fullness and perfection in the age to come, when we will finally enter that state of perfection, that state of completeness, and will reach the goal of God's purposes for us, which is to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God as is possible for a human being to attain. That's where we're heading. So let's be those people who pray towards and live towards the fulfilment of God's new humanity of love. That's our hearts to do that, that we may be strengthened to love, to know the love of Christ in increasing measure. You know, Theresa Morgan said love was Christianity's distinctive contribution to the ancient world. Well, so it is today. Followers of Jesus will always be known for their love for one another 
and their love for those who they come in contact with in their daily lives. But we love out of his resources as we open to him day by day. His love is as limitless as his power. And it's only divine power that can generate divine love in us. So thank you, Lord, for giving us your spirit. So let's stand together now and uh, invite the team to come forward and we'll sing this final song and there'll be an introduction to it. Uh, it's a musical introduction, but we've got to sing Holy Spirit, Living Breath of God. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.